And welcome back. This is Daily Buddhism Audio Show number 60. My name is Brian Shell, and I'm your host for the show. You can find the text as well as all links mentioned in this program and all past episodes on the website at www.dailybuddhism.com. So, do we have anything to talk about this episode? How about my nearly three months' absence from the world of podcasting? I'm sure I mentioned way back in April or May that I had gotten a new job teaching, and it seriously takes up most of my time now. That being said, it's been six months since I started doing that, and I can't let it take over every minute of my time, no matter how much I enjoy it. So, I've decided I need to get back into doing some of the things I used to do for fun, and here I am once again. I'm not going to promise to do this every single week, but I'm going to put out an episode every chance I get. And, as always, the Daily Buddhism email newsletter goes out with one topic at a time, and I save them up to do the podcast. Since it's been ages since I did the last podcast, I have a lot of newsletter material set back in order to put into a podcast. The questions and articles that you're about to hear are from early July's newsletters. And for the next few podcasts, we'll be playing catch-up. That's okay, most of this stuff isn't going to go obsolete anywhere in our lifetimes. And if you're not signed up for the email newsletter, just go to www.dailybuddhism.com and fix that oversight right away. It's free and easier than ever to sign up. And now, let's get on with this week's show. And we can start out this episode with a few koans. The first one is called, The Thief Who Became a Disciple. One evening, as Sichiri Kujin was reciting sutras, a thief with a sharp sword entered, demanding either his money or his life. Sichiri told him, Do not disturb me. You can find the money in that drawer. Then he resumed his recitation. A little while afterwards, he stopped and called, Don't take it all. I need some to pay taxes with tomorrow. The intruder gathered up most of the money and started to leave. Thank a person when you received a gift, Shichiri added. The man thanked him and made off. A few days afterwards, the fellow was caught and confessed, among others, the offense against Shichiri. When Shichiri was called as a witness, he said, This man is no thief, at least as far as I'm concerned. I gave him the money and he thanked me for it. After he had finished his prison term, the man went to Shichiri and became his disciple. And while we're at it, how about a second koan? This one's called, Zen in a Beggar's Life. Tosui was a well-known Zen teacher of his time. He had lived in several temples and taught in various provinces. The last temple he visited accumulated so many adherents that Tosui told them he was going to quit the lecture business entirely. He advised them to disperse and to go wherever they desired. After that, no one could find any trace of him. Three years later, one of his disciples discovered him living with some beggars under a bridge in Kyoto. He at once implored Tosui to teach him. If you can do as I do for even a couple of days, I might, Tosui replied. So the former disciple, dressed as a beggar, 
and spent a day with Tosui. The following day, one of the beggars died. Tosui and his pupil carried the body off at midnight and buried it on a mountainside. After that, they returned to their shelter under the bridge. Tosui slept soundly the remainder of the night, but the disciple could not sleep. When morning came, Tosui said, We do not have to beg for food today. Our dead friend has left some over there. But the disciple was unable to eat a single bite of it. I have said you could not do as I, concluded Tosui. Get out of here and do not bother me again. And now time for a question. Someone wrote in and asked, Hello, Brian. Which podcast discusses books that you and others have read? Best of luck with the new job. I miss getting the semi-daily tweets. P.S. What is a Buddhist opinion on tattoos? Are tattoos considered desecrating to the human body? And isn't the body considered a temple? And my answer. Thank you. The new job is going well. And I finally managed to shuffle things around to hopefully make some time for everything. I still may not be tweeting as much anymore, but at least the blogs and the emails are going out regularly again. The post about books was called Beginner's Buddhism Books, and you can find it at www.dailybuddhism.com slash archive slash 1186. There's a link in the show notes. There's also a podcast version available. If you or anyone else has recently found a book that you recommend, feel free to add it to the post in the comment. Now for tattoos. I don't know of anything Buddha himself said about tattoos. I think that the whole idea of your body as a temple is more of a Christian idea than a Buddhist idea. Remember, Buddhists believe that the body is just, just a temporary shell to be discarded when we're done with it. And tattoos and how they're looked upon is much more related to the culture than religion in my experience. In Japan, for example, no civilized person would show a tattoo publicly. Americans who have tattoos and visit Japan are advised to cover them up, as only the Japanese mafia wear tattoos openly. I'm not going to say there aren't exceptions to that, but it seemed pretty accurate as far as I could see when I was there. I don't have a tattoo, but my roommate at the time did, and he absolutely got a negative reaction out of it. On the other hand, it's not that unusual for children to have tattoos in America. They're simply everywhere. In countries where tattooing is socially acceptable, there's a huge variety of very beautiful tattoos of Buddhist imagery. Just do a quick Google of Buddhist tattoos, and you'll find many examples. And then it was time for another question. Here we go. I'm fairly new to Buddhism, though I have been interested in the Buddhist system of beliefs for many years. I'm wondering if you can suggest any practices to help develop non-attachment, particularly in regards to food and material things. Perhaps you've covered this in a previous episode. I've not listened to all of them yet. Thank you for your time and for the work you put into the website and podcast. It's very helpful to a novice Buddhist like myself. Okay, and my answer. No, I don't think we have covered this before, at least not from the how-to perspective, and yes, it is a difficult thing to master. In the Four Noble Truths, Buddha himself explained that one of the primary causes of suffering is attachment. He meant more than just attachment to material things. 
He meant attachment to ideas, people, emotions, beliefs, and much more. But let's focus on just worldly material possessions for today. In the East, historically, it's been tradition for householders to support wandering monks, mendicants, ascetics, and other traveling holy men. It was completely possible for these men to survive, owning nothing but the clothes on their backs. And in some regions, even clothing was an option. With modern society in the East, even more so in Western countries, this lifestyle just doesn't work well anymore. Generally speaking, we don't look at homeless people as holy men. Usually, it's quite the opposite. Clearly, for most of us, we need to find some kind of middle way between being totally homeless and propertyless and blatant, greedy materialism. Now, there's nothing wrong with having a job, driving a car, wearing decent clothes, and owning a few toys. The trick is not to get too attached to them. How would you react if somehow you lost it all tomorrow? In my own life, I never really learned this lesson until I went to Japan. Basically, all I took with me was the contents of two suitcases and had to make do with those items for the duration of my stay, because finding clothing in my size over there was not something I ever managed to do. It was tough, but it was also easy to visualize how it could have been a lot worse. I wasn't broke, and I did have the option if there was something I really needed. Still, I had a house full of possessions back in the States that I was giving up, and it turns out that after a couple of weeks, I didn't really miss those possessions at all. Upon my return, I've been slowly working at getting rid of many of those things. It's just stuff now, and I see now that stuff is just another type of ball and chain. So, I'll open up the question to all of you. How do you manage your attachment to material things? Is it a problem for you? And if it's not, then why not? Let us know. One more question. I have only recently started listening to your podcast. Listening to it has been part of my seeking of a belief system. I found it extraordinarily difficult to find something to believe in, be it spirituality, ideas, people, or even myself. Though I know this issue has to do more with my own psychology than a faith structure, I have found the notion of Buddhism to be most in line to what I think is true of my reality. My question has to do with the concept of karma. I understand that it's a central part of Buddhism, but I find that I fear it the most. I know that is perhaps an irrational fear, but could you explain to me the causal effects of karma? There have been things which I have done in my life that I'm not particularly proud of, and I've done my best to make amends to those that I have hurt, emotionally. But, I do not believe that I've ever been forgiven. I don't know what this means for me in terms of karma. Am I destined to this feeling of sadness or not being able to understand that that was my past and now I live in my present? And my answer to him. There are a few things to consider with karma. First, karma is simply the way the universe works. It's like gravity. There's no mind controlling it, nor does it seek revenge on people. It just is. You say you've done bad things, and since I don't know you, I won't argue that point. On the other hand, you say you have made amends to those you've hurt. If you've truly made amends, 
then it seems likely that karma will balance out. You say that you have not been forgiven. By whom? The person you wronged, or by some idea of God? If the person forgave you, then that's all that matters. If you've truly atoned for whatever it is that you did, then karma will take care of itself. Now then, there are some things that you might not be able to truly atone for having done. Some things you cannot simply just undo. So yes, your actions do have consequences in the next life or lives. You cannot know the ultimate effect on your karma, or what your next life will be, so there's no point in getting attached to the outcome. If you want to influence your future life, then work hard to live a good life now. Maybe you've messed up in the past, but you still have a future to work towards making up for it. The important thing is not to suffer needlessly over this worry. Whatever happens will happen, whether you fear it or not. Learn to act in a good way simply because that's the best way to act, not because you want some future reward. Good luck! And we'll finish out this episode with one more koan. This one's called The Dead Man's Answer. When Mamiya, who later became a well-known preacher, went to a teacher for personal guidance, he was asked to explain the sound of one hand. Mamiya concentrated upon what the sound of one hand might be. You're not working hard enough, his teacher told him. You're too attached to food, wealth, things, and that sound. It would be better if you died. That would solve the problem. The next time Mamiya appeared before his teacher, he was again asked what he had to show regarding the sound of one hand. Mamiya at once fell over as if he were dead. Oh, you're dead all right, observed the teacher, but how about that sound? I haven't solved that yet, replied Mamiya, looking up. A dead man did not speak, said the teacher. Get out. And that's all I have for you this episode. And remember, the Daily Buddhism runs primarily from your donations, and it's easy to help out. Just go to www.dailybuddhism.com donate and click on one of the options there. Keep in mind that the Daily Buddhism daily email newsletter is completely free. All you need to do is go to the site and sign up. And if you have a question on any Buddhism-related topic... Send in your questions by email to dailybuddhism at replaymedia.com. And I will see you next week. Music